0: grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. The text chosen from our meditation today was read as a first lesson and also our gospel lesson from today. The message, as you can see this evening, is primarily for all of those who call themselves disciples of Jesus. And I suppose it's also for those who might want to be or consider a, being a disciple of Jesus. So we're gonna talk a little bit about discipleship. I guess when we think of discipleship, a good place to start is what does the word disciple mean? If you look at the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it gives us in part a definition. A disciple is one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrine of of another as one of the 12 in the inner circle of Christ's followers according to the gospel accounts. A convinced adherence of a school or individual, synonym, see, follower. So a disciple is a follower. Specifically, it means that, like the 12, we are followers of Jesus. And if we're followers of Jesus, who is this Jesus we are following? And where is he leading us? Well, if you ask me... When you think of Jesus, you can picture him in your mind as, what do you see? I would venture a guess most people would see someone who is smiling, a picture of kindness, of love shining from him, or maybe you see a man carefully cradling a little lamb in his arms. But I suppose many people see the Lord... Few people would see the Lord, as we saw in our gospel lesson today, with a whip in hand. In the same way, when a picture of life as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, we do not picture a life of struggle, controversy, or a life of pain, or even death. Instead, we picture a life of a disciple as a life of comfort and warmth, we picture our, uh, ourselves in times of quiet worship and, and devotion. But that's not the way it is, is it? Being a disciple of Jesus is not all fun and games, is it? A young student once said, I think it's great being a Christian. No matter what I do, God promised that I will always have enough food, clothing, and shelter. Jesus will take care of me like a shepherd and lead me in the right paths and let me rest beside still waters. Now, that student was right to a point, except he forgot that same shepherd leads us in in the still waters, but also leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. If there's a universal question that all of us have asked, not just once, but numerous times, it's the question, why? And when we usually try to question this, why, when things aren't going so well, when we're not in that being led through the quiet waters, but when we face those mountains of pain, when difficulty comes our way and when trials and pain looms before us like some huge mountain then we cry out why why me god why am i suffering so it's just not fair it wouldn't make a whole lot more sense if god gave a disciple a life of ease If the followers of Jesus had nothing to do but look for good things to come and those who didn't follow Jesus had their lives of pain and struggle, wouldn't that make the Christian life much more attractive? Wouldn't that make more people want to be disciples of Christ? Now that sounds good to our way of thinking. Sounds logical, but that is not God's way of thinking even though it's God through God's way, the way of pain and struggle and suffering and difficulty seems like foolish way, Paul reminds us in our first lesson that the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. For the way of God is a way of struggle. The way of God is a path that leads over those mountains of difficulties. And while we struggle, struggle in asking why, the truth is that faith, we claim to the fact it's God's way is the best way, the right way, the only way, and in faith we follow. But a better question in those times, of, those bad times, should be why not us? In February 15, 1947, Glenn, uh, uh, Glenn Chalmers boarded a plane toward Ecuador. He was to begin his missionary, his ministry in a missionary broadcasting, but he never arrived. In one horrible moment, that plane with Chambers crashed into a mountain peak and it spiraled downward. Later, it was learned that before leaving Miami Airport, Chambers wanted to write his mother a note. And all he could find was a stationery with a page of advertising and on which it wrote one single word, why? And then around that word, he hastily scribbled his, his final note. And after Chambers' mother learned of her son's death, this letter arrived. She opened the envelope, she took out that piece of paper, unfolded it staring in her face was that question that word why and no doubt this was the question Jesus disciples asked when he was arrested when he was tried when he was crucified and it was probably a question that Joseph of Arimathea asked himself when he approached Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus It must have nagged him as he wrapped that body in a linen cloth and carried it to his own freshly hewn tomb and then rolled that massive stone in in that groove of the stone of the tomb's mouth. And in this face, the face of his grief, Joseph carried on. He did what he had to do. None of Jesus' relatives were in a position to claim the body of Jesus because they were Galileans and they, and they didn't possess a tomb in Jerusalem. And you know, the disciples weren't hanging around. There was another reason, too, that Joseph's acts of love came about. If you read in Isaiah 53:9, God directed the prophet to record an important detail about the death of Jesus, the Messiah. The one who had no place to lay his head, he would be buried in a tomb of a rich man. Joseph didn't really realize that his act fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah. The full answer to why Jesus' death was also several days away from, for Joseph and for the others. And all he knew was now he was a disciple of Jesus, and that was enough to motivate this gift of love that he gave his Lord. And if we stop to think about it, we discover that path of discipleship, as unattractive as it may look, in reality, it's a path that leads to life. If we are not disciples, if we do not follow Jesus, then we are not living for him but for ourselves. And if we're for only living for self, then all when it's said and done, all that we have is ourselves. And all the things that we accumulate around along the way, all the money, all the stuff we think are important are worthless. And when it comes to the end of our path, they're nothing. And even our so called good deeds, if done only to impress God, it gains us nothing. No, the truth is that the life of a follower of Jesus is a life that includes suffering and struggle. But this path of discipleship we follow is a path that leads to eternal life. In the life, That life is ours not because we do such a great job, not because we do such a great job in following Jesus. No, that life is now ours already as a gift by His grace. We are His disciples not by our choosing, but because He chose us and He gave us faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. God made us members of the family and we are now heirs of His salvation. And it is God who puts us this path of discipleship because he wants us to know the joy of living our lives, not for self, but for him, for him who died for us and rose again. For the goal of a life of disciples is not just to go to heaven We already have that every time we go to the Lord's Supper, every time that we hear God's word. He says, no, the goal of the life of discipleship is to show others what Jesus looks like. And the object of our life is to reflect Jesus in everything that we do. And it starts right here in our congregation, with each other, and with the community beyond And just as he went through the valley of the shadow of death, so we, the followers of Jesus, are called upon to go through that same valley that he did. And as we do, we have that sure and certain promise that we do not walk alone. In that 23rd Psalm that David wrote through the power of the Holy Spirit, he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not gonna fear any evil because you are with me. And we know that he is with us because we see him in the uh, the other disciples around us. We follow this pilgrim path, not alone, but in company of all of those who have been made his followers. As we walk that pilgrim path, we know that we can't lose. The rough places are already made plain, as as John the Baptist says. The mountains have already been brought low because Jesus has walked that way before us. And he has overcome sin and Satan and death for us. No matter how huge this mountain is before us, We know that it cannot overwhelm us, for Jesus has already won the victory for us. Amen.